0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Your Fab Life. Today, we'll be discussing how to achieve your professional goals in 2024. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Your Fab Life. It is officially 2024, and we are going to knock 2024's door down with today's episode entitled How to Achieve Your Professional Goals in 2024. So let's get started. Uh, You guys know I love alliteration. And so I'm going to give you three tips on how to achieve your biggest professional goals in 2024. Starting off with avoid being stuck, avoid burnout, and avoid bad finances. Let's jump into tip number one. Avoid being stuck. So I'm sure you've heard this phrase oftentimes that when people have professional goals, whether it be in their careers or in the entrepreneurial field with a business idea, they feel stuck. Uh, Perhaps because they don't know what they want to do or if they know what they want to do, they don't know how to get started. Or if they are getting started, maybe they don't know how to have the finances to really launch, or maybe they've launched, but they don't know how to scale. So there are many ways of being stuck, um, whether you're an entrepreneur or if you're in your career. Because if you're in your career, you may be switching jobs or switching careers or um, you know switching companies. Maybe it's the same profession, but you don't feel appreciated. Um, but all these are examples of being stuck when you're not sure how to move forward. And so I have two tips on getting unstuck professionally. My first tip is um, if you're an entrepreneur, you really, especially in 2024, but 2024 and beyond, you should really be leading with obviously something you're really passionate about, you really love doing, but it's also the most profitable. And how you know it's the most profitable idea or business idea to move forward with It doesn't cost you that much to get started. You know, there's little barrier to entry. You're not having to maybe spend thousands in overhead, whether it be a physical space or an assistant or staff, a lot of supplies. Um, Your biggest expense and the most profitable idea you have, business idea you have if you're an entrepreneur, should be marketing. You do have to have eyeballs to buy your product or service. So, outside of setting money aside for marketing your eyeballs, because believe it or not, as much as people say, Oh, you can do organic growth and get people to follow you, and that's how you can um, target them with your products and services, it takes a really long time years. I mean, Sometimes it takes people to see things six to eight times. I believe that's the statistics before they actually purchase something from you. Um, Unless it's like a need or something they fear they're missing out on. It typically takes six to eight times. So you want to up your conversion by buying eyeballs. And so your most profitable idea, that should be its biggest expense. There really shouldn't be a lot of overhead. Um, one of the ways of getting a a really profitable business is making it something online and making it something digital Um, online. So you don't have to obviously have overhead space um, that takes out a big cost. Um, But also if it's digital, because you don't have to worry about putting a physical product in the mail, Um, it is delivered to your customer right away. So an ebook, a course, audio, something online they can purchase. Um, A service, um, while you don't have to worry about physically ever delivering it and you don't have overhead, um, services can be harder to sell because typically people are buying you and not um, actually what you're selling. So if you're doing a coaching program or if you're a lawyer or you are doing counseling or therapy or anything where you're providing a service to someone, graphic design, uh, social media marketing, any anything we're providing a service, people have to t- typically really, really know you, you have to be referred. Um, and so that can be harder out the gate in terms of it being profitable, because it may take you a long time to s- establish a rapport with customers where it relates to a service. Um, so I say make it online and I say make it digital. I say make it both. But if if you ha- if you can't do both, definitely at least make it online. Um in terms of maybe a product that you're offering. Um, So think of like your most profitable idea where it can be something that you can offer online. And I think you are off to a good start um, in terms of it being a a profitable business out the gate. The other thing is setting um, obviously goals for that that business. Um, I'm gonna say something, I'm gonna say this again when I speak about career. Um, but if you're an entrepreneur, it should, it should be, don't be unrealistic. Don't say you're going to make a million dollars, you know, this year that that's, that's, you know, that would be great. But how much can you make in the first 30 days or 60 days? You know, like I always say my new year's is, is not 12 months. I, I, I treat my professional goals, um, quarterly. So I set cold goals what am I going to do by April? And then that way, each week leading up to April, I'm doing things to hit that goal. Once I hit April's goal, I then establish new goals or goal, um, for July, and then the same thing for, um, not July. So during February, March, April, then May, June, July, August. August, I set an August goal, um, and then obviously I set a D, uh, December uh, December goal. So with that being said, um, just just. You know, one take one step at a time when um, doing these goals. Um, definitely focus more on short-term versus long-term. That will help propel you achieve the long-term goals. And actually, actually avoid you feeling overwhelmed, which I'm going to talk about in a few seconds about avoiding burnout. As it relates to not getting stuck, if you, let's say you're in a career, you're a doctor, a lawyer, accountant, a teacher, a professor, you know, a CEO of a business, um, someone else's company, right? Um, if you're any of these things you're in a career where you're making a salary, you're working every two weeks, you know, what you're doing is tied to someone else's, um, goals for their company, right? Cause you're working for someone else essentially. Um, so I would make sure that I'm honest with my employer about the time off that I need, um, the sort of things that you're excited for. About for the new year, in terms of help you know how they can help you achieve some of your per- personal professional goals within their within their organization and their company, um I think it's important to have these conversations up front, and if you're already feeling like where you work isn't the best place in terms of maybe work balance work lifestyle balance, for example, if that's an issue, I'm sure there could be some other issues, but that's typically an issue then maybe it's time for you maybe not to change careers, but just change companies. Um, my mom always tells me you um, never have to stay at a job. You can always quit. No one can make you keep a job. Um, not to say that you should bounce around because you don't want too much of that on your resume, but there are ways of getting around that too because sometimes people don't list certain jobs on their resumes if they have bad experiences. So um, I would say, yeah, I would say definitely... Um, if that's an issue you're dealing with, maybe it's time to change companies. Um, if you're trying to change just career fields in general, I think the easiest way to do it is if it's in a, a companion profession to what you're doing. So typically, people don't aren't lawyers and then all of a sudden become doctors, right? That's like a that's a leap. Um, maybe find a profession that is a companion or similar, or uh, maybe uh, requires the skill set you've grown in the profession that you're in. So it's an easier transition, uh, but again, these are just a few tips if you are in a career versus an entrepreneur in terms of getting um, unstuck. So hopefully, those tips help. And obviously, setting those um, you know quarterly goals um, instead of large goals that are unachievable because you know you get overwhelmed. Setting those goals. Um, that are every few months also helps when you are in a profession or you're in a career. Um, Okay, so that's avoid being stuck. Let's move on to avoiding burnout. I spoke about that a few seconds ago, Um, just being honest about when you need a break, um, especially if you are in a career where you're working for someone else. Um, But even if you're an entrepreneur, um, you want to avoid burnout also by taking breaks. I Um, I always joke people like, oh, you know, you can work from anywhere. That's wonderful. But unfortunately, working from anywhere as an entrepreneur means that I take my work everywhere I go. My work is with me in the bed. My work is with me when I'm cooking. My work is with me when I'm with my family. My work is with me everywhere I go. My work is with me when I'm going out on a date, right? My work is with me everywhere. So you have to actually say, okay, after this time, I'm not working on anything else. I'm not taking any calls, texts. I'm not doing any social media posts. Like you have to even create an end of quote unquote work day for yourself because you're not working for anybody else where they're going to cut it off for you. You have to cut it off yourself, Um and then even in the middle of the day, I really suggest taking 30-minute power naps just to, reach your, to reset yourself in the middle of the day so you can get yourself to the end of the day, which for entrepreneurs typically is eight, 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 between 8 o'clock and midnight, you're working. You actually work harder for yourself than you work for your employer because your employer has a time where they have to turn off the lights and you have to leave, right? Unless you're working remote. And even then, there's a time that they expect for you to not be in the system and working. So, um, you know, Avoiding burning out is something that a lot of um, entrepreneurs face, but also like high performing professionals like doctors and lawyers and things like that. I think if you're working for someone, um, you have to be honest about what breaks you need, what vacation time you need. Uh, when you are not available to speak about certain things, uh, don't allow your employers or even your clients, if you're an entrepreneur, to think that they have 24-hour access to you because they maybe they have your cell phone number. Um, it should be used for a certain window of time, and you should put that boundary down to to so so that they can respect it, respect that boundary. Um, people typically. Um, are very self-absorbed. So until you tell them no or set that boundary, they typically don't. So definitely when it comes to breaks, you have to set those boundaries, whether you're, um, you know, in a career as a professional or entrepreneur. Another way to avoid uh, burnout um, is delegation. So I would say this applies to both entrepreneurs and people in professions because, um, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day and some of that time you're actually asleep. So it's not even really 24 hours. Um, and then, you know, you're eating or you're maybe doing stuff with family. So it's, it's really not 24 hours in a day to, to get any sort of work done for yourself. Um, so you have to figure out a way to delegate. I say with entrepreneurs as quickly as possible, figure out how you can create an internship program because you don't even have to pay for interns. You can just give them school credit, um, I've done that throughout my career as an entrepreneur. Um, I became an entrepreneur, I would say, hardcore 2014, but probably even 2012. So I've been, a, I've been an entrepreneur, minimum 10, but probably 13 years now. Um, and so um, very early on, I figured out how to use school programs or target students as interns, in addition to having a paid assistant or managing director um, so that I could delegate certain things out. If you, again, if you're the entrepreneur you're the owner of the business, there's certain things you shouldn't really be doing like social media posts or certain follow-up emails and calls. Those are administrative things that should easily be delegated out. And again, when you don't have a team, you're, you know, you're wearing all the hats, including some of those things, but at some point figure out creative, uh, low-cost ways, um, to delegate. Um, so yeah, delegation and imposed, self-imposed breaks, um, are definitely my tips to avoid burnout. Delegation also applies to if you are in a profession or in a company, um, figure out how to work with your team, wherever you're working, to delegate things so that everything isn't falling on you. All right. Last but not least, avoiding avoid bad finances. Uh, so what I will say is, um, and I have had to learn this even in my own on, especially being an entrepreneur. um, This probably, I think you should avoid bad finances, even if you are in a uh, career or you're working for someone, right? You should have a good credit score. You should have savings, um, especially if you have to, you know, take time away from that job um, to find another job. You know, they always, or let's just say you unexpectedly get fired, right? You know, if you have bad finances, you know, they say, Especially if you're not an entrepreneur, everyone is two, you know, maybe one paycheck away from being homeless or two paychecks away. Most people don't really have a savings of three to six months. So if they were to get fired or laid off or become sick or injured, um, they don't have enough to sustain. Um, so this obviously still speaks to someone in a career that you should avoid avoid bad finances. You should. Have an emergency credit card, have an emergency savings. Try to make that savings a few months of your paychecks so that in the event some of these things happen um, to you, like a layoff or a firing or an injury, um, you can still be okay, right? And still um, be able to move forward and it not damage you too, 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 too badly. Um, But this tip is probably more or less... For entrepreneurs, because when you unlike a job that pays you every two weeks, outside of you getting injured, fired, or laid off. As long as you do your time, you do you you provide your work. You're getting paid every two weeks, no matter what. You you know that money is coming in at a certain time every two weeks, every Friday, come rain or shine. Versus an entrepreneur, you are really only as good as your last sale, your last customer, your last client. Um, in the beginning, you could be banking a couple hundred dollars a week or a couple of thousand. And sometimes it can fluctuate from month to month. There's certain seasons, you know, like the holiday season or back to school season or Mother's Day or maybe Valentine's Day. There's certain seasons where you're going to sell more than others. Um, And so the way that you survive that is not having bad finances, right? Because again, just like if you're in a Just like I said, you should have an emergency credit card as a career professional. As an entrepreneur, you need an emergency credit card to not only float you, but also so that you can self-invest. As entrepreneurs, one of the biggest um, barriers is capital, right? It's funding to launch or scale or grow. And um, a lot of times people can maybe do the launch part, especially if there's not a lot of overhead, but they're, they're stuck, right, in the sense that they can't really scale or grow, uh, create more products or services, um, hire teams to grow, um, hire, um, you know, I'm sorry, have additional finances to market for more eyeballs. They just don't simply have it, um, especially uh, entrepreneurs of color or entrepreneurs that are women, which, you know, your fab life, um, that that's who we market towards um, uh, professional women and especially women of color um, that don't have maybe the same resources as others. And so with that being said, one of the ways that you avoid having to rely on an investor or a bank loan um, or even a grant, right? Because somebody has to give you a grant. Um, Definitely check out our episode about breaking those barriers to finances uh, in season three. I don't know the episode number off the top of my head, but season three, we have an episode about that. But, you know, getting a grant, getting a bank loan, that's still you relying on someone else. You know, you getting an investor, again, that's you relying on someone else. And so I say, finance yourself. Have that three to five thousand dollar credit card to finance yourself uh get that ten thousand dollar more line of credit to finance yourself but how do you how do you get these lines we actually talk about that in in this episode. how do you get these lines how do you get these credit cards well typically when you're starting out you don't have the sales to back up the credit card or the line of credit right but you have your personal credit as the personal guarantor. Just think about when you get an apartment; if you needed a co-signer, you're the co-signer to your business because your business doesn't have a lot of sales; it doesn't have a lot of credit on its own, right? So as long as your credit score is 700 or more, they're going to give you that loan because you are the personal guarantor to your to your business, and you can get um whether it be a loan or a line of credit, um a credit card. And you can take these things and be your own investor for your business and invest it in where you need it. If you need, um, to pay, um, you know, a person to work with you, like an assistant or a director, if you need it for marketing, which is the biggest thing, getting your eyeballs. So if you need it for, um, investing a new, maybe advanced product, or, you know, if you have a product, like whatever you need it for, you'll have it for that. And you're not waiting for an investor. You're not waiting for a grant, um, and so again, buy finances, whether you're a career professional or entrepreneur, is a no no. Um, I think, you know, I tell people all the day t- you all I, I tell people all the time that your credit score is not something that's fixed, right? It changes every thirty days. So um, just keep that in mind. So even if it's not the greatest right now, in three months, in six months, you can, you know, there are ways to improve your credit score. And once you get it at a certain point, then go after that credit card, go after that line of credit. And then, you know, it actually makes you more attractive to investors when you're already investing in yourself, because they're going to want to know, well, how much money have you set aside for your business? Even if it has very low overhead, Um, show them what you can do without them. um, And then that will make you attractive to them, especially if you're an entrepreneur, because then they're like, oh, well, if you can do this with just this little bit, I can, you know, we can double it, triple it with our investment. All investors care about is getting their money back. So if they see that they can quickly get their money back, um, plus, you know, something on top with you, then that's going to make them want to invest in you. But again, until you get there, be your own investor, improve that credit score, have that um, savings for your business, um, have that savings if you're a career professional, have that credit score so that you can get that emergency credit card. Again, if you're a career professional and you find yourself in a situation where you cannot work, um, avoid bad, bad finances. Um, that, that, that is key, regardless of whether you're a career professional or entrepreneur. Um, So anyway, these are my tips in achieving your professional goals in 2024. I hope you can take something away from this, share this episode with someone that you know may be still goal setting. I say February is still a little extension of January in terms of goal setting. People do resolutions and and things like that. I I like to look at them more as goals instead of resolutions, whether they be professionally or personally. But hopefully this episode is going to help you achieve your biggest professional goals in 2024. We're excited. We hope that you share with us um, some of the goals that you are able to accomplish. Um, And until next time, uh, this is Your Fab Life, and we look forward to talking to you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Your Fab Life. Until next time, please make sure to follow us on all our social media handles at at I am legally fab. Take care.